Welcome back to the LifePurpose.com podcast. The number one podcast in the entire cosmos for empowering and inspiring you to live your life's purpose. My name is Hema Allman. And I'm Gabriel Sarah. And today's podcast is about confronting your fears and embracing your bigness. I acknowledge that I am aware and I was aware of a fear, like a deeper level of fear around my self-expression and the fear, I feel it in the right side of my breast, my neck and my ears. And also I took Harpe this morning and I saw wolves with fletching teeth around the right side of my body with strings attached to my knee, to the breast, to the neck, to the ear. And the emotion and the feeling behind this, behind it is a fear of getting punished for my self-expression, a fear of getting violated for just expressing myself in my most authentic and in my truest form and getting violated for expressing my gifts and for expressing my superpowers, which includes the spiritual gifts and the light language and God, Mother Cacao and medicines. I ask you to lift this fear, lift this illusion from my field, from our field. I believe it's a deep-rooted collective fear for people to be who they really are. I believe it has never been so free on our planet in terms of people accepting one another. Like we have a certain level of acceptance and freedom in the collective right now that we probably have not had in a long, long time. So people are becoming more and more free in expressing who they truly are and their their needs and their preferences and their uniqueness. But you know, just 60 or 70 years ago, we had a world war starting here in Austria, Germany, where an entire tribe or species or a religion of people, Jewish people, were killed and brutally murdered for what? They didn't do anything. And then in history, we had so many, so many stories about black people getting killed just for having a black skin suit. They didn't do anything. Or the witches, witches um, coming together and actually working with the elements and with Mother Earth to heal the lands and to heal people. They were burned alive for practicing their gifts and for practicing their superpowers and just being who they are, being who God intended them to be. And they paid with their life. So I'm saying this because the fear that I expressed, fear of playing full out, a fear of expressing my gifts, a fear of expressing my voice and being in my full authenticity. I am strongly getting that this is a deep-rooted collective fear that we all carry knowingly or unknowingly because of 
everything that happened in the past and in history, people just getting killed and violated and murdered for having a certain skin color or for, practice, for practicing certain rituals or having certain beliefs, Martin Luther King or Mahatma Gandhi, right? They expressed something. They expressed something for what they believed in. And they made their voice heard. And they did not shy away from expressing themselves. And for many legends, they were paying with their lives for that, simply because they expressed a freedom that was not there before. They expressed a liberation that was not there before. And I'm asking, I'm asking God to free us and to free humanity and to free us, to free the chosen ones of this collective fear, dissolve it on a cellular level, take it out of our DNA so that this fear does not stop us or prevent us from being who we were designed to be, so that the divine will can be fulfilled individually and collectively, so that we can live and fulfill our divine purpose as divine creators without having fear prevent us, without having fear stifle us. Hey, by the way, I know you're listening to this podcast because you know you have a big purpose, but you may need support fulfilling what you came here to do. That's why we invite you to join the lifepurpose.com support community. Just click on the link in the description or go to lifepurpose.com to check it out. And now back to the episode. There are a lot of people on our planet who hold a tremendous amount of potential and they're key players and powerful, powerful divine creators here. But just like we once were, they're in hiding and they are in fear of coming out because of this fear of what if something's gonna happen to me? What if my light is too bright? What if I'm too weird and the world can't handle it? So I have to do what I do in silence in hiding mode no it all needs to come to the surface there is no more hiding in our day and age in this era that we're living in the light is too strong it's calling all of us out of the closet question for you what is the first step that someone that should take according to you to embody their bigness, to take action on their bigness, on their purpose, what can someone do? First, you have to really remember that you are a big one and that you have big potential inside of you and you have to know yourself first. So, you have to know that there are so many treasures within you. So you're saying that you have to know that you have a purpose. You have to just feel that inside. Yes. That you're like, here for a reason. It's an inner conviction. You just know that there is something bigger waiting for you. You may not be able to put your finger on it, but you just feel it. And what does someone do after that? What if, let's say, someone knows that they're a chosen one, but much like you, they are in fear. They're still feeling fear around their bigness. 
just like you had mentioned. Yeah. For me, it has been a process to work through fears around my bigness and my light and owning my fullness. It has been a process and I have shed a lot. I have shed a lot of fears and anxieties of coming out of the closet and owning myself fully. And for me, it was not just a one-time thing. It was a growth. It was an evolution. It's a process. And just like today, there was another layer of a fear that came up for me. And I believe maybe that's something that we deal with our entire lives. But it's about acknowledging it, being true to yourself with what you feel, addressing it, expressing it, and work through it and not let it stop you. So you're saying confront the fear. Confront the fear. Confront the trauma that you may have experienced that has affected your psychology around expressing yourself. Look at it, because only when you look at it and when you, when you say to yourself, I am ready to look at this fear. I'm ready to look at this limitation. I'm ready to look at this blockage to this obstacle. And I'm willing to see it for what it is because it all is an illusion. But it can only reveal to you that it is an illusion when you look at it, when you call it out and when you face it. Okay. And this, again, we have to keep in mind our audience here. They may have no idea what you're talking about. What are some ways that you, quote unquote, look at your fears, look at these aspects of yourself, look at your psychology? What have been some things that you have done personally that you could say has been helpful in looking at these fears or these traumas that you have experienced? And as you have said, shedding them. Self-awareness and knowing yourself and exploring yourself. And I do that with daily meditation. It's simply sitting with yourself in silence and asking yourself, okay, how am I doing? How am I feeling? And then just being honest, okay, I feel fear right now. Okay, what is that fear? Tell me, show me, guide me. Or I'm feeling anger or frustration or my body is in pain, my body aches and then go there and go deeper with that. What is the pain telling me? What is the pressure the pressure in my body telling me? And then sit with that and trust in your, in your inner wisdom, trust in the wisdom of your body, speak to your body. Body, why are you in pain? What is your message? I had pain in my neck and pain in the right side of my body, my knee. And when I sit and meditate and I explore how I feel, and I keep my spiritual hygiene, that's a form of spiritual hygiene, checking in with yourself, how you feel, how, how is my body doing, how, how is my mental state doing, my emotional state doing, and then asking, okay, why is my knee in pain? Why is my neck in pain? And then the answers simply come to me. Okay, I see a vision, I see an image, and it's connected to a fear. It's connected to a fear around your self-expression, fear of getting violated, etc., etc. So giving you a short answer is build a relationship with your body and learn how to 
speak the language of your body. Your body is constantly communicating to you and with you through sensations, aches, pains, feelings of expansion or feelings of stiffness or being stifled. Your body is giving you constantly feedback of what's going on in your life, what's going on energetically, what's going on vibrationally, emotionally. But you have to remember how to tune back into your body and speak the language of your body so that you can translate the body's messages to your human language. So you're saying if someone is listening to this and they are knowing that they have a huge purpose here, whatever that purpose is, or regardless of huge or small or whatever the case is, take the label out. Someone knows that they have a purpose. They're listening to this podcast right now. They have a fear around expressing it. You're saying sit in meditation and go with the fear. Like pay attention to the fear. Ask yourself, ask your consciousness, why am I feeling this fear? Or why am I feeling this pain? Or why am I feeling this X, Y, and Z, fill in the blank topic. Yeah, have a have a date with your fear. Instead of avoiding your uncomfortable feelings and instead of numbing yourself, whether that's through alcohol or cigarettes or music or food, we have so many ways on, to, um, on how to distract ourselves so that we do not have to face our feelings, so that we do not have to sit with ourselves because it can get really uncomfortable. So I'm saying stop distracting yourself, stop numbing yourself and sit with yourself and go into the uncomfortable feelings, go into the pain and embrace it instead of resisting it embrace it open your heart to it open your mind to it and sit with it and just by sitting with it and by opening yourself to it it can reveal its messages and its wisdom to you is this an atomic habit that you do where you're constantly yes checking in with yourself is it a daily practice yes it is one of the most important practices and habits I do every single day to check in with myself vibrationally, energetically, because I know that the way I feel, this is my, this is my currency. When I feel good and when I stay in a good energy, in a good vibration, everything else in my life, in my life just flows. And when exactly do you do this checking in with yourself meditative process? So... I meditate every morning, just sitting in silence and feeling into my body, seeing what comes up. If nothing comes up, fine, I continue on with my day. And I always go back to sitting in silence and checking in with myself when I feel that my body is trying to tell me something. So let's say I feel overwhelmed or overstimulated or my body is in pain, I would then take time to be in silence and to sit with my body so that I can hear its message. It's like when your body is in pain or you feel uncomfortable, it's like a baby. Let's say you have a baby and the baby needs food or the, baby, the baby's nappies are full and you have to change the baby's nappies. The baby's going to cry. The baby is crying to let you know, I need something. So it's the same with your body. It's the same with your emotional well-being. If you feel cranky, if you feel like you're in a, in a fuss, is that the way you say it? You're in a fuss uh, or um, you have pain in your body. It's like 
the baby crying, letting you know, I need something. But if you keep avoiding it, if you keep ignoring it, the pain is going to go bigger and the uncomfortable feelings are going are gonna to grow stronger. That can lead to physical disease and sickness if you do not address it as soon as possible. But having a spiritual hygiene practice where you just sit with yourself and you scan, you scan your body, okay, how am I feeling? You scan your emotional well-being, you scan your, your mental well-being, like, how, how does my head feel? Am I feeling clear in my head? How does my heart feel? Am I feeling clear in my heart? How, how is my body feeling? Am I feeling clear in my body? And that is the spiritual hygiene because everything first starts in the spiritual realm, okay? So physical disease, physical uncomfortableness, discomfort, physical discomfort, it starts in the spiritual realm. It first manifests energetically. And when you have a spiritual practice, you clear out the energetics in the spiritual realm so that it doesn't even manifest in your physical body. Walk us through what you were saying was your fear and how you would use this meditative practice to heal this fear topic. You mentioned that you, in the beginning of the podcast, you had fear and you saw the vision of this wolf clutching its teeth, and there was a fear around expressing yourself. This has been an ongoing topic for a few months and years now. Yes, in layers. In layers. Yes. So walk us through what exactly that fear is and how you would transcend that, because... You can say this with words, but when I hear it, it it makes sense, but it's still very vague. And we would like to maybe know, maybe the audience already knows, but for those of us that don't know, how would this actually play out in real time as you work through transcending or healing one of these layers of fear, confronting this fear embrace your bigness to embrace your purpose to live out your purpose well a big part of how i do it is i use my spiritual gifts and my superpowers and this is knowing how to work energetically knowing how to work with the invisible realms and using my psychic abilities to do that can you walk us through an example of what you would do like what is what is the exact fear that you have okay okay let me see let me see if i can explain that i rarely do that i don't know if i've ever done this before to because this is the same thing okay so just to interrupt here because this is the same thing that i was asking you years ago when we first met when you would you you were very vague about like how do you heal yourself it wasn't until you said hey i'm i'm doing eft tapping okay well what is what does that look like show me in a way that I can understand, and you did that. Same thing with self-talk. You told me about self-talk. You know, how do you how do you talk to yourself positively? You use affirmations. Okay, well that was new. That was I was familiar with it, but in practice that was right. very new to me. You remember this, right? Yeah. And I was like, okay, well why do you see the world so positively, and I see the world so so negatively? Right. It's the self-talk. It's the perception. So you, what you showed me was 
hey, this is what's going on in my head. You don't see it, obviously, because you're not in my head. You don't hear it because I'm not vocalizing it. But in my head, while I'm going around my day, I'm saying I am the best. I am the greatest. I am the this. I am amazing. I am wonderful. And that's what you gave to me. That's what you gifted me, right? That's what you taught me. And I've used that since and I've taken it to my own level. But again, getting back to this, how do we address this topic, confronting this fear, listening to the message? What does that, how do we do that? How do we be like Hema Allman, sit in the silence, talk to ourselves? What is that about? You do not have to be a copy of me. I got to say this. But this is a reference. This is not copying you. But this is only for reference. This yeah. is only to get an idea. Because remember, people are listening to your voice. They don't see you. They're not in your room with you when you wake up in the morning. So they could hear this, but they could have questions like, well, how do you do that? How, how does that work? It's very simple to say, well, I just I just address the fear and I listen and I acknowledge myself. Well, what did that actually well, mean? Well, that's also, you know, if... If we are planning to do coaching and mentoring, that is my expertise. And that is something that I cannot give. Like, you either have the gift or you don't have the gift to work with the invisible realms, to work with the energetic. Some people, they can do that. Like Nicole Matila, for example. She's I, an, I don't believe that. I believe everyone can. I believe everyone is psychically gifted. Yes, but they gifted. may not be ready at this stage of their lives. Well, they have to open. But that's also why we're taught. We're asking you. We're asking you. Why? That's why we're asking you. How do you do this so that we can remove those layers, access more of our psychic abilities, access more of our gifts, and be the big one that we know that we can be? How do we do this? How does how does this work? The age of Aquarius that we're in, that we have entered, I think, in the year 2012, was it? Is about bringing back the spiritual aspect of life and having people awaken to spirit. It's not just physical matter. It's about remembering, remembering spirit again and what that means and remembering what it means to be a spiritual being, an energy in a physical body and everything starts with your energy everything starts with spirit and if you know and if you remember how to work with spirit and you remember how to work with the energetic realms you know how to work with all the other realms because it's first in the energy it's first in spirit and then it's in the physical so what is your exact question so to re-ask the question okay it seems like the theme of today's podcast is about confronting fear and awakening your bigness, embodying your bigness, being the big one that you know that you are, okay? And while I'm hearing you speak, it's great that you come from an understanding that you understand, right? But what about for the big ones that are listening to this and they know that they're big ones, but they still have a fear and you're doing meditation in a way that helps you to focus on addressing these fears or these subconscious beliefs that may be limiting you from living out your bigness, living out your purpose. Walk us through what you would do 
in the case of the fear that you brought up at the beginning of the podcast, take the fear exactly. What is the fear around? Is it around expressing yourself? Is it around, you know, being violated? Is it around what is it exactly? What is that fear exactly? And then go there and walk us through this process as elaborately as you can as to how you transcend this. Okay, so I sit down, my spine straight, my legs crossed, and I would make sure that I am in silence and would not be disturbed. And this is in the morning. Is this first thing in the morning when you wake up? I drink my tea and then I sit and meditate in silence. And I just breathe. And with my breath, I then focus my energy into my body, into my physical body, and just feel how does my body feel. And like this morning, I was feeling a lot of uncomfortable pressure around my right ear and the right side of my body. And I always call on my highest self. I call on God. I call on the great divine. How do you do that? I always say when I need assistance, not just when I need assistance, but in general, every day I invoke my highest self to guide my day for my greatest and highest good. And also before every meditation, every morning, before my morning ritual, I invoke my highest self and God to guide every step of my day and that I live my life according to my highest self. And I command my highest self to take command of my body, my mind and my spirit. And what I mean by that is we all have a highest self. We have a higher self which is connected to God's source, a higher power, whatever term works for you. And then we have the human side of us, which is more limited, which is more connected to your ego and to, let's say, the smaller version of you that is not unlimited. There is no judgment here. We all have a human experience, a human self, and we all have a higher self. So every morning, I invoke my highest self to take command of this day, to take command of my body, my mind, and my spirit, and to guide me through my day and to make my day effortless and simple. And I can say that everything that I do and all the energetic work and the spiritual hygiene, I do from that place of consciousness through my highest self. So... Let's get this straight. Let's just recap this. So you wake up in the morning, you drink your tea, then you sit down, you say words that are welcoming in this higher aspect of you, this higher state of consciousness of you. Yes. So I consciously put my focus on my higher aspect, on my highest self. Does that look like something? Do you say any specific words? Yes. So I would say... Thank you. I am presence. Thank you, highest self, for taking full command here of my body, 
of my mind, of my spirit, of my feeling world, of my thoughts, of my words, of my actions, of my visions, of my projections and my perceptions. Thank you for guiding every step of my way on this day and every day. And thank you for producing your will and your perfection in through and around me. Something like that. And then what happens? And then I sit, as I said, and let's say I feel pain in my body. I would then go with my mind, with my focus to that pain. And I would ask God, dear body, dear God, dear great I am presence, what is this pain showing me? Reveal to me the truth of what this pain is trying to tell me. What is the wisdom behind it? What is the energy behind this pain? Well, what do I need? What do I need to do? What is the message? What is this showing me? What what is the what is the story behind this pain? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I always ask a question because every time you ask a question, you are going to receive an answer sooner or later. And sometimes I ask a question and I, I will not get any response. I will not get any clarity. But sooner or later, I will. Well, to say that grammatically correct, you may not get it during that meditation. But at some point, maybe later in the day or a day or two later or three or a week later. Yes. You eventually receive an answer. Yes. About this, but it may not happen exactly at the like two seconds later. Right. When you're in this meditative state of beingness. Yes. Right. Okay. So, yes. So that's what I do. I invoke my highest self and I call on the intelligence of my body by simply saying, Dear body, always coming from a loving place. Dear body, thank you for your support. Thank you for speaking to me. My intention is to have a stronger connection with you, to understand what you're showing me, to understand your messages. What is that pain showing me? Dear God, what is that pain showing me? Reveal it to me. And it's that simple, really. Just know how to communicate with your body, with your cells. Your body is a technology in itself. It's an intelligence. Okay, so... Now, what's the next step, though? So we address it. We go into the meditative state. We give gratitude or acknowledge. We acknowledge that there's something more than just our flesh that is with us, that is guiding us, that is assisting us throughout our lives, right? So you acknowledge that. You believe in that. Okay, great. And you... uh, you make this practice to, to acknowledge this higher power, you call it God, you call it I am presence, higher self, whatever you call it that's comfortable for you. You do this every day, you ask a question, and then eventually you receive an answer. Well, when you receive the answer, let's say, for example, what was your fear? What was your fear that you brought up at the beginning of the podcast? So the fear that... The fear that I acknowledged this morning was about my authentic and confident self-expression, a deeper level of it. Okay. Like being really, like talking about things like we do right now, like getting really vulnerable and personal mm -hmm. into my spiritual practices, which I usually never do. I keep that thing private and very secret, but I'm also getting that this is the stuff that needs to be shared with the world. Right. So, so you have that fear. You've been having that fear for how many days, how many weeks? Um, 
this has been probably a fear all my life, which just I became aware of lately. Okay, so how long? It's another layer, which I've never talked before. So when we say lately, it's been getting your attention. What is the time span of this lately? Maybe seven days. Okay, so in the last seven days, something's been coming up to you. You've been feeling this fear or experiencing this fear. You feel it somewhere in your body. You've been saying you've been feeling it on your neck, on the right side of your... Yes. Okay, on the right side of your body, okay. And it's this fear around expressing yourself, around expressing and becoming more vulnerable. And you have this fear of being violated or you know, not respected for sharing the truth. Okay, when you get the answer, have you have you already gotten the answer as to what the root cause of this? I'm not so sure. Partially, I've received the answer, yes. Okay, so the partial answer that you have received, once you have received that, so you ask the question, you invoke the, the higher self, you're, you're, you're getting into this place where you're asking your a higher state of consciousness, something more than just your... your than Hema. Than Hema. Yes. Right. You're acknowledging that you that there's something else that you're connected to. It's not just Hema. The great spirit. That exactly the the field, the Higgs field. Yes. The information from the universe, whatever, and that it is communicating with you in the form of a thought, a vision, vision, a phrase, or something. A lot of it is in the vision. Okay, so you get a vision, and well, what do you do with that then? Okay, so the vision is connected to our third eye. It's our inner eye right and i was not always able to get visions in my third eye it was only in the last years where my third eye really activated and i activated my spiritual and psychic superpowers and that's why i say i believe everyone can do that they just need to remove some of those traumas and things like that because you can do the, the vision well you can have vision. A lot of it is connected. You know, I changed so many things to access my spiritual gifts. But anyone can do it too if they're willing to, yes, to yes, do that practice yes. and put that work in. That is work. Yes, just open your third eye. There are so many ways to do that. You know, some people, they may be scared. I know people who are scared to go into the spiritual realms because they see things that they're like freaking shocked well, about. Well, we're going off tangent with that. But getting back to the purpose of this is, okay, so you get the vision. I get the vision. For whatever it is that you ask for guidance with. Yeah. You got the vision of a wolf fletching its teeth. Yes, multiple. And then you've got like this message that came with it. Yes. Okay, what do you do after that? What, how do you then address this, confront this, heal this topic, and then be at complete peace with it? So after I received the vision um, of seeing like wolves with fletching teeth on the right side of my body and the message that I came that came to me was not yet wait for the cacao ceremony with Gabriel more will be revealed oh. and that's it okay well I think this is also confronting but in 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 that okay let me backtrack Gabriel so you're saying that once you receive an insight, a vision, a word, a phrase, something from this meditative experience. It could be a week-long, two-week-long process of, of healing one trauma or specific trauma. 
what you do then is you confront this topic. You you maybe sit down again and you reenact something. You you're guided to maybe eat a certain food or to drink a certain amount of water or to rest a certain amount. Is this is this accurate to say? Is this something that happens with you, Con? Like uh, occasionally? Yes. Okay. So ask and you will be given. Ask and you will be answered. And I always ask, okay, why am I feeling this pain? Why am I feeling irritated? What is going on? And because I ask these questions, I receive the answers. And they come to me from a higher power. They come to me either in, you know, you just intuitively know something. It just comes to you and you're like, oh, yeah, that's it. Exactly. Okay. Or through a vision in my third eye. Okay, so so this was a bad memory. example. This is a bad example because you have not fully cleared this topic yet. You got the message to wait for the cacao ceremony, so that means that this is still not done. Has there been another experience that you have had where you've gone into this meditative practice, you've done the same process, and then you've completely healed a specific topic? Many. Okay. Name one that we can understand and that what is that what is what do you do after because that part is missing. That's the missing part. You're not talking about okay, well what do you do then when you articulate it? Like when you confront, okay, I have a fear of being seen. What do you do with that then? Okay, the voice told you, the message told you, the vision was you have a fear of being seen. Okay, great, thanks. Well, what do I do with that information? How do I heal this? How do I now become unafraid of being seen and step into my power and be mm. seen and be heard and be okay mm. with that? Okay. What do you do? So with your example, when you get the message, you're scared, there's a fear of being seen, go there, okay? Why am I scared of being seen? Like fear can come in in very tricky ways and it can be very, very deep, like deeply rooted. You have a fear of being seen and then you think you know the root of the fear, but you're not. You need to go deeper. Okay, I am scared of being seen by the world or by others in my truth, in my authenticity. Okay, why? Go there. Why am I scared? Why am I scared to be seen in my truth, free of any masks, free of any pretending, just me as I truly am? And then I ask that question, and then the answer comes, and it's because I fear that people are going to laugh at me, they're going to ridicule me, they're going to violate me, because they may find it so weird, and I just want to protect myself. And I protect myself by staying in my closet, so that I can be safe. Yeah, but that's not even the root cause. Why? And so, okay, I'm going to answer this because you're not getting to the point of what we're talking about here. Please, share your wisdom. It's not just about me. Yeah, but I'm, I'm, I'm wanting you to come up with it because you're the, you're the face of LifePurpose.com. You are LifePurpose.com. And I'm just here to be a, a supporting role player. I understand what you're saying because we've been doing this for the last five, six years. When you do that... What the, the last piece of that puzzle is because there was obviously a trauma that you had experienced when you were a child 
that someone laughed at you or someone did something to you that violated you on a vibrational level energetically and the memory of that trauma is stored inside of you intracellularly. The reason why I say that is because I had a very intense San Pedro experience the other day and in that I relived the trauma where I witnessed the crime scene of lots of blood and these two guys that I had never met being brutally stabbed probably to death. So I was reliving the trauma of me being a little boy at that crime scene and that manifested throughout my life as me becoming very aware of my surroundings growing up in Brooklyn, New York, New York City, and me being very paranoid and me being very defensive and also a poverty consciousness. I had this fear of getting hurt. I had this fear of getting stabbed. I didn't know what the root cause of this was. I took the San Pedro. I went into a very deep state of consciousness. What is San Pedro? San Pedro is a cactus psychedelic that contains mescaline. Okay? And what you do with the San Pedro is you consume it, whether it's in a dehydrated form, you could you dehydrate the cactus or you um, boil the cactus as a tea. I'm sure you could even eat it if you choose to. But after some time, once your body um, begins to digest and break down that mescaline, obviously it circulates throughout your body and then it begins to alter your brainwave states. It's the same thing like you're saying with your meditative experience. I'm saying this because when I did the doctorate uh, in metaphysics, these were the topics that I studied. I also uh, did a lot of research on meditation and the effects of meditation and breathing and how that's connected and how we can get into these altered states of consciousness from doing what you are saying that you do as a daily practice. But what you're saying is that Every single morning, once you wake up, the reason why it's so powerful for you to do the meditative experience in the morning is because that's when your brain waves are at the slowest state. That time and also the time before you go to bed. This is scientifically proven. Your brainwave states are more in a relaxed brainwave state. This can be between theta and alpha, right? So your brainwave, right? So if you think about the amount of activity in your mind, it's moving at a much slower rate than it is right now. Right now, because the sun is out, we see blue sky. We obviously are in a different brainwave state. We're in a more active brainwave state. We're alert. I'm able to listen to you and to really dissect what you're saying, not because I'm criticizing you, but because we're here to provide massive value to our audience, to whoever is listening on this podcast, so that they take something from this and they apply it to their lives so that they can stop living in fear and confront that fear and embrace their bigness. That's why I'm dissecting it in this way, right? That's the that's probably the title of today. Confront your fear and embrace your bigness. That's exactly correct. That's exactly the, what came to me as well. So, you know, I'm saying this because I know that this is the process that you go through. This is the process that I go through in my own way. I don't necessarily do... A meditative experience like you do in this way. I meditate every day, but not with that intention. I use psychedelics for that intention, right? As a time to really go into a very deep state. But in this state where you're feeling 
you're experiencing fear. You've addressed this topic. You've gotten the answer. We've concluded and we've come to the next step of this, which is, okay, the reason why you are afraid to be seen, you're afraid to be heard is because something happened to you most likely when you were a little kid. Or from past lives, or we were speaking about collective trauma with the witches, right? There's et cetera, et cetera. Right, there's also the conditioning of the outer world. Any of it is possible. It doesn't matter. If it's something from your childhood, it's more easy, easily to recognize and pinpoint because then you can express that and you can talk about that. Or if it's something ancestral, right? If you ever read the book, uh, any of the two books, it didn't start with you or the body keeps the score. Those are very interesting reads about how the body stores trauma intracellularly, right? But either way, whatever the trauma is, whether you remember it from this life, whether you believe in past lives or whether it's a collective thing, whatever it is, once you address that trauma, once you address that root cause, what does someone do next? Shed light, love, and forgiving to that memory. What is that? What is that? Because mean? that memory lives inside of you still as a discordant energy. And in order to free that, you need to transmute it through the power of love and forgiveness. What does that mean? Like someone, like for someone like me. This was never taught to me, right? I had to awaken to this gradually over the years throughout my 20s. I can say, okay, I consciously, I forgive something, but then subconsciously, I'm still holding on to it. How do I just let go of this stuff completely to where it has no power over me, it has no effect on me? Some topics can be transmuted very fast. Other topics need more time. And it's like we spiral back to certain topics throughout our lives. Sometimes we think that we have already transmuted a certain topic and then a year later, all of a sudden, we're back with that topic at a deeper level. And we go back to certain topics even when we thought we have already cleared them because it needs a deeper level now of forgiveness. It needs a deeper level of understanding and insight and there with every experience with every traumatic experience with every pain there also is always a treasure and a gold on the other side so every time you you forgive a layer or you heal or transmute a layer you receive the gold from it but some of these experiences they go really really deep and it's like you revisit certain topics which you thought have already cleared, you have already healed it, just to discover that there is an even deeper level to this. Can you shed light onto that deeper level and then do the same thing over again? When we say shed light, what exactly does this mean? Because how I interpret it in my way is to acknowledge it. It is to vocalize it or to... Like acknowledge it in some way. What does that mean to you when you say shed light on a topic? Acknowledge, acknowledging is a huge part, a huge part. And that's, that's actually the word that I use a lot for addressing traumatic topics or discordant energies by saying, I acknowledge this pain in my body. 
I acknowledge the feeling of shame in my gut. So, so you're saying is to basically just express how you feel. Yes. Express that you feel something. This is how I feel. Not try to hide it and not ignore it. Exactly. And also, I started doing this verbally in my relationships and in my conversations with others. When I'm being asked, how are you doing? And I don't feel great. You know, I, I made it now really a habit to be very honest and to say, I feel a bit anxious right now, or I feel overwhelmed right now. But I think for some people, it's like a social conditioning that when people ask you how you are, you just have to always feel great. Hey, good, right? I feel good. I'm yeah. Good. I'm good. When, yeah. You get, when deep down, like five minutes ago, you're probably crying, wanting to kill yourself or whatever yeah. the issue was. And it's because... When when you as an adult don't acknowledge how you feel, you don't express it, you don't communicate it, it gets stored and it gets stifled and it gets bigger. And I always say, remember how the babies are. Remember how the children are. They're moving with so much ease through their emotions. In one minute, they're crying hysterically. And in the other minute, they're laughing hysterically. But they are able to, to let go of feeling in pain because they simply express it. You know, when I did a chaplain training in late 2022, that was one of the lessons that they covered was trauma. And that if you, I don't know how true this is, but I can, I think it is pretty true that if you don't address trauma or something traumatic that happened to you within a certain amount of time, for them, they said like within the first 30 days, it becomes like, it gets stored in the subconscious and then it can resurface as like PTSD or something like that. So in the or case, like patterns in your life. Right. Like self-sabotaging patterns in your life and you're not even aware of it because you never acknowledged the trauma and you're still reenacting out the trauma 10 years later because you didn't have the opportunity to address it within that first initial time frame. So like what I was saying with the San Pedro ceremony that I had, this experience with the crime scene thing and seeing all this blood and the whole stabbing stuff, that happened when I was like between the ages of five and eight years old. And I didn't go to my parent and say, hey, I just saw some shit that I don't know how to process. I didn't do that. You I didn't speak to anyone. I didn't speak to anyone. I was so silent about this. I was like, what the hell is going on? I'm five, between five and eight years old. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, what am I seeing? I don't know how to process this. Again, I don't have anyone to say, hey, how do you feel about this? I can even still feel it in my heart a little bit, just talking about it. Maybe that's a sign that it's being released or expressed, or maybe that's a sign that it still triggered me. I'm still not sure because this is a topic that these are things that I was never, it was never like invited or welcome to express yourself, right? Just like I was telling you with the parent, one of my, one of my parents, when she was a little girl, she was sexually abused by her father. What did she do? She ignored it. She did not talk about it. She did not go to a therapist about it. But I could see how it has affected her throughout her whole life. Yes. 
And I know now why she kept she kept saying when I was growing up, she's the victim, she's the victim. She and she kept on putting that on herself because she was suppressing that trauma. Yes. So what you're saying then is it, to put it all together in a way that I can understand and maybe the way that I say it can also help someone digest what you're saying here is that in order for us to confront our fears and embrace our bigness, embrace our purpose. That's why inner child healing is very, very important. It was a big part for my journey. Right. You know, bringing the little girl home and making her feel safe. I'm saying that you you got to remember the power of your voice and the power of your intention and that when you say so it will be what's your specific question again after you've confronted the root cause which is you have the fear of expressing yourself because when you were hypothetically nine years old in june of 19 99 or 2003 yeah 2003 you would technically have been nine years old something happened to you where someone laughed at you or someone criticized you or someone said you won't be anything and that created the fear that created the trauma you address this you confront this topic what what usually happens after that like how do you make peace with that once you express this okay so what comes to me is I have a lot of my fears which have prevented me from embracing my gifts and my, my bigness were connected to my childhood. So I spent the last two, three years cleaning up my childhood experiences and going from one experience to the other and healing the inner child. And I've done... I've done and I've seen many visuals of literally having the inner child version of me on my hand. So meeting meeting the child version of me with the grown-up version of me. So, for example, I had a vision. My intention was, God, help me clear all traumatic experiences from my childhood. And I have received visions and visuals you know, going from one traumatic experience to the other, remembering it, acknowledging it, putting the intention forth to heal it and to shed love on it because it just wants to be transmuted and brought back to love. Bring it back to love. The anger, the frustration, the abandonment that you felt as a child, you heal all these discordant feelings with love, just be able to bring these feelings back to love. And the way I have been able to bring and transmute these discordant feelings back to love is by putting the grown-up version of me, the 30-year-old version of me, back in the timeline, in the timeline mm -hmm. when Hema was five years. And Hema, at five years, there was an experience where her needs were not met. She was crying for help, but there was no one around. So that was a traumatic experience for her. How can I save her in that timeline? By going back in time in my vision with my third eye, as I was saying, you can time travel with your third eye by going back in time with your, with your vision. And I put my grown-up version next to her. And I ask her, this is inner child work. Like This is an entire topic which we can speak for hours on. 
But you go, I go back in time. I visually see Hema. She's stuck. She needs help. What does she need? And then I communicate with her. And I hold her. I give her a hug. I give her the love that she needed, which she didn't receive when she was five years old. And in the process of me providing that love and that nourishment to her by hugging her, by listening to her, by embracing her, by letting her feel that she's safe, by letting her feel that she's supported, in my vision, this is only happening mentally. She then is able to let go. She's then able to relax. And in my embrace with her, in me hugging her as the grown-up version, providing so much support to her, she then is able to be free and she then merges with the grown-up version of me. Okay. Does that kind of make sense? That makes absolute sense and that's what I wanted you to answer. So a lot of bringing it to the point as, as best as I can, a lot of the trauma work and working in healing your past, as I said, you heal your past by shedding love onto your past, pouring forth love, pouring forth great love. to the versions in your past that felt abandoned, that felt embarrassed, that felt like they are not being supported. You have to know that there is this higher version of you, the higher self, that basically is always at peace. It's always very neutral. It's very powerful. And it does not know the discord. So by acknowledging and bringing in your highest self and making a relationship with your highest self, and bringing your highest self mentally in your vision back to your children version that are stuck. The children version of you that feels abandoned, that feels suppressed, that feels um, treated unfairly, that feels discordant, what have you. Bring your higher self back in time, embracing, nourishing, supporting the children version of you and see how the children versions needs Support. are being met right. through you. Right. You don't need your mom's forgiveness anymore. You don't need your dad to tell you how much he loves you. You don't need anything outside of you. This is the point. You need to know that, yes, your past may have been completely fucked up. And you may, you may believe that you will never embrace your purpose or your bigness because something so traumatic happened to you. And that is... That is the root, that is the cause for you to blame your misery and your suffering. And you believe that you need something outside of you to fix you. I'm telling you, you do not. All that you need is you need to remember that you have a God presence within you. You have a higher self in you, which is waiting for you to be remembered. Make a connection, build your relationship with your higher self, which is connected to your source, your inner source presence, your God presence within you. Many of us have no connection, no relationship with that presence. And that's why people feel disempowered. But when you build and you remember the connection with your higher self and you act from that presence daily and you bring that presence back into your past to support the hurt versions of you, that's when your inner child and the trauma versions of you can heal. That's when they can be free. And then you are able to embrace more of your bigness and step into your purpose. So you're saying when you go through this whole process, you do the meditation, you ask what's wrong. If you're feeling a way that doesn't feel good at the moment, 
you get the answer, whether it's at that meditation or a few days later, a few weeks later, you eventually get the answer. You then confront the root cause of it. You discover the root cause is there was a traumatic experience that happened to you when you were seven, eight years, nine years old, whatever. You then have another follow-up with this where you sit down, you meditate, and you visualize yourself going back to that memory, confronting that memory, confronting that trauma, confronting that experience, feeling the feelings, feeling the sensations, going through the motions, putting yourself as if you were back in that line of time. You address your inner child, the version of you that you were when you experienced this trauma. And in essence, if I understand this correctly, you're basically retrieving, you're retrieving a soul aspect of you that was stuck energetically in that timeline and you're using this higher state of consciousness to energetically free yourself so that you can regain an aspect of your soul that was maybe lost in time right that was that was left behind in time i want to add on a big part is so let's say i see and i remember a traumatic experience and i see my child version in that traumatic experience then i put myself as the grown-up version of me the empowered version of me the higher self of me i put myself back into that memory with the traumatized child of me and then i would speak to the child version of me and i would ask her hey girl what do you need what do you need right now tell me speak to me what do you need what do you need right now and she's going to speak to you or he's going to speak to you and he's going to tell you i just need someone to listen to me i need i need to speak to someone i need to be hugged i need love right now and then give that to the child version of you and that's how you bring the child version of you home okay now the next and last question to this is what have you seen or experienced as a result of doing this work? How has that helped you embrace your bigness and live your purpose? Are there any clear examples that you can use? It helped me grow up. And what I mean with growing up, you know, growing up is not just being older than 18 years old or being older than 21 years old. It's about having a certain level of maturity emotional, mental, spiritual, and physical maturity, taking responsibility for your life, taking responsibility for your actions, and um, embracing your truth, remembering your truth, and um, taking action on what matters to you, and being brave, and being confident, and loving yourself, and supporting yourself. These are all things of growing up, of being a grown-up. First of all, it, it helped me heal areas of my life where I felt blocked, where I felt um, disempowered, and it helped me feel empowered again in these areas of my life. It helped me embrace myself and love myself to a whole new level in these areas of my life. It helped me regain my self-respect it helped me regain my personal freedom and my personal power in these areas of my life. But how did it specifically help you with your life's purpose? Mm. How did doing all of this traumatic healing work correlate 
to embracing your bigness with your life's purpose mm-hmm. and running this podcast and starting up this company? The only thing that comes to me is that with every traumatic experience that healed, I felt that I am remembering more of who I truly am and why I'm truly here. So it's like I cleared one traumatic experience, but in exchange, I received more of my truth. In exchange, I received more of the remembering of my purpose. Does that make sense? It does. And I will say maybe because you may not see it for yourself, I will say this on your behalf because I've known you for the last five to six years now and I have been able to witness your evolution and I have been able to witness the results of this work that you speak of, that you do, that you assist people with. And that is that number one, when we first met, you were coughing constantly. Right, the cough. You were coughing constantly. There was nothing wrong with you. But you were coughing constantly. I noticed as well your your posture and your energy when you were with your parents was like a little girl. Mm. Today, you I would say you have found more of your voice. Your coughing went from like a level 10 to almost a, like a 0.5. You cough very rarely. And as well, you have bass in your voice when you speak more conviction, more confidence, and you when you sing, I've noticed this in very much. When you used to sing five years ago, it was like a little mouse. You could, I couldn't hear you. I could always hear Regina overpowering you. Now I can hear you sing. Now I can hear you speak. And the other thing that I have noticed as a, as a concrete result of you doing this work is I have seen you become much more consistent and much more disciplined. You went from speaking about wanting to do things to actually now taking action on it. It's one thing to speak about wanting to live your purpose. It's a completely different ballgame to actually take action on it and say, okay, this is my purpose. This is what I'm here to do. How do I do that? What's the first step? You're doing those steps now And I do not believe that that would have been possible had you not done this traumatic release work, addressing your inner child, doing this soul retrieval aspect work that you're speaking of, this practice that you do. A lot of the the healing work and the traumatic experience, healing traumatic experiences, was a lot about healing the masculine energies and healing the feminine energies. And that's why you said you're taking action, where first it was just talk. It is because I've healed a lot of my own masculine energy. My own masculine energy was very wounded, and also my feminine energy. And by transmuting the disempowered masculine energy back to the empowered masculine energy, by bringing the disempowered feminine energy back into the empowered feminine energy, you are regaining your inner sacred union. And when you are in balance with your feminine and masculine energy within you, true miracles can happen and true divine creation can come forth because it needs both. You you need to be able to step and access into your feminine and masculine energy, the empowered 
energies in order to create and in order to really live your purpose. That's a lot clearer for us to understand as, as the audience seeking guidance, seeking wisdom from you when you speak about embracing, confronting these fears, embracing the bigness. What do you do with that healing afterwards? Like what usually happens after the, that healing process? Oh, you arrive on the other side of the trauma. You arrive with your gifts, with your, with your power, with your voice, with your abilities, with your superpowers. I can say that just like with anything in life, it becomes better. Like this kind of work, it took a lot of energy and a lot of time back then. But I can say now it is so much easier and quicker and faster. And now the things that felt so hard and challenging in the beginning, it's now like child's play. I can testify that I have witnessed your evolution. I can testify and witness that I have witnessed your change, the results that have come with that, and that you are taking action on your purpose. You're taking action on building this company. We're producing the podcast. You're creating content. You're putting out massive value to the world now because you have walked down a path that very... Few people, number one, know how to walk, and number two, are willing to walk. But in saying that, you have to address the first fear. You have to confront the first fear. You have to confront the next fear. You have to confront the next fear. And as you have said, you confronted that fear by acknowledging it, by giving it the love and the attention that it deserves, which is ultimately giving another version of yourself the love and attention that you deserve that you never experienced. Yes, and adding on to that, for, for you and I, it was not just our personal experiences and traumatic events that we have healed and brought back to love. We, we went really, really deep for our ancestors, for the generations before us and also collectively. And I think that was part of our purpose individually to do that. It may not be the case for everyone listening on our podcast. It may be enough for them to clear out their own individual trauma and they're good to go. But it can go very, very deep. Like, let's say you have a memory of a traumatic experience in your past, in your childhood, but guess what? What if it didn't start there? And then you go deeper and you find out that the same thing happened to your mother. And then you go deeper and then you find out that the same pattern happened to your grandmother. Oh, of course. So I'm saying, we spent a lot of time because we went really, really deep. For the listener, this may not be the case for you. Like it may be enough to just uh, go back and work on your own individual things. And it may not be destined for you to do all the other ancestral work, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that for me, for us, for whatever reason, addressing ancestors was a big topic especially two years ago at the start of it like two or three years ago up until like last year so for a good span of two or three years this was this was the focus and working with these techniques that we've learned along the way and how it's helped us that was i believe vital 
looking back on it now, maybe not everyone needs to do that, but maybe they just need to integrate that lost part of themselves or heal that traumatic experience of when they were a kid and the aunt told them, hey, stop mumbling when you speak. It can be something as little as that. It can be something as little as that. For like for me, I think we talked about this in the last episode, you know, I had an uncle that laughed hysterically at me when I when I drew something and this was at the age of 11 and since and when that happened for 20 years I didn't draw. It was only until last year after I had a healing session with someone that you recommended Christina Day where even still after that session it took me a few months before I was like, "You know what? I'm just going to start drawing." And then I started drawing again. Yeah. You know, so it's uh it can be a process. It can be a process, but the point is that when we do address these traumas, when we do confront these fears, when we do confront these beliefs or these memories or experiences that we had experienced, and we're able to transcend that and evolve to a higher state of consciousness, as you said, when we're able to mature, that maturity is the result. That maturity leads us to our purpose, that maturity leads us to being in a state of balance between our masculine and feminine energy, as you're saying. And in that state of balance, we feel more confident to take action. In that state of confidence, in that state of balance, we feel empowered to do something about our lives. Is this what you're saying? A hundred percent. So it is very important then to confront these fears. It is very important to, as we've talked about before, as you have said, confront the boogeyman, confront the limitations of your mind, confront the beliefs that you have about yourself, heal those experiences, heal those traumas, transcend that because that's where it all begins. It's in the psychology of what you perceive about yourself. And I, for me growing up, in Brooklyn, you know, I from sure can tell you that there's a lot of people that had kids growing up that had so much great potential to be something fantastic, but they never became anything. Why? Because of the belief about themselves, because they still made the stories that they believed about themselves, the stories that they believed about themselves. They may not have had that in- internal knowing that they're the big one. Or maybe they did, but they waited for validation from the outer world to say, hey, you're special. You can do it. And I'm saying from my place of consciousness, from my life story, that that doesn't have to be, right? I was the kid that was never Mr. Popular. I was the kid that was bullied. I was the kid that wore holes in my shoes. I was the kid that was homeless. No one said, hey, you're going to be X, Y, and Z. You're going to do this and this and this. You had to tell yourself that. I had to tell myself that. I had to tell myself my life is worth living. I had to tell myself no matter how depressed I was, no matter how many suicidal thoughts I had growing up as a teenager, that I could do something with this life. And by God's graces, I was able to move my life in such a way or expand my life in such a way as to where... We're here, we're doing this now. I'm able to share my story. We're able to share this wisdom. We're able to provide value to someone that could hopefully change their lives and put them in a state of empowerment, in a state of consciousness where they feel confident and empowered enough 
to take that first step on their purpose, to acknowledge themselves as a chosen one, to acknowledge themselves as a big one and do something about it instead of letting another year of their life pass and they still submit to settling for a life that they know is not the truth of who they truly are. So you're telling a new story and you're giving it now life. You're bringing the story of your who you believe yourself to be now. Make that more powerful than the limitation in your past. Make that more powerful than the story of your past. And that's exactly what we're doing right now with this chapter of our lives. We're creating a brand new story where we're charging the energy of our new story so that it's infinite times greater, stronger, more powerful than the story of who we were growing up than the story of who we were 20 years ago, 30 years ago, whatever the, the number is. So we're stepping into a whole new vibrational reality with a whole new story and all these tools and all these skills and all these gifts so we can provide massive value to the world. And that's how we are doing it. And that's how you are doing it. And that's how anyone else can do it. Right. And it's all about once you have done the transmuting work of your traumatic experiences and you brought the trauma versions back into into the love zone, into the forgiveness zone, it then it's all about focus. Focus on the life of your highest ideal. Focus on the life that expresses the fullest potential of who you can be and put all your focus and all your energy onto the, the, the most divine vision for your life. I know that that's, that's easier said than done for someone that consciously wants to focus on the ideal vision for their life when subconsciously they're experiencing that trauma. So it's so important to, if you're constantly experiencing that trauma over and over and over again, that subconscious pattern, address that first, clear the space, heal that, you know, be at peace with whatever that situation was, and then you can focus on this new version of yourself. Yes, and I also, I, I wanna also point out that there are certain topics that you may not be able to reach that you may not be able to heal on your own so i'm say i'm not saying just do it on your own and figure it out no i am saying get help from someone that has already walked that path before so that you can start living and embracing your purpose rather rather sooner than later and get help get a mentor get a coach that has walked that path that has walked through the fire to guide you so that you can have a shortcut like especially when it comes to the subconscious mind as you were saying like there are certain topics you know we can we can reach with our conscious remembering it's like oh yeah i remember when i was five year old five years old there was this traumatic event but there are experiences that are deeply rooted in the subconscious mind and not everyone is able to access the subconscious mind so if you're serious about living your purpose and um, living the best life and serving a higher calling and you need help with uh, clearing out subconscious blockages, get help from someone that can help you. 
to reach the subconscious mind. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the LifePurpose.com podcast. If you found this episode valuable, share it with someone that you know needs to hear this. And until next time on the LifePurpose.com podcast.